What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. This is Two Guys, Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Bellicon. You're listening to The Quick Cage. And Frank, which movie are you going to tell us about tonight? So tonight we are going to talk about um, the 2019 psychosexual action thriller, maybe? Um, Grand Isle. Um, anytime I hear the word psychosexual and Nicholas for a Nicholas Cage movie, it's just like, oh man, okay, right? <laughs> it's 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 his his genre. Um, it bears the lofty honor of carrying a zero percent Rotten Tomato score, um, which is well earned, I will say. Um, it stars Nicholas Cage and Kelsey Grammer. Um. <laughs> And then Katie Strickland and a guy named Luke Benward, who Frankie recognized as being from Disney shows. Um, and who's honestly maybe the best part of the movie in terms of like performance. That that's not true. We'll we'll get into that. Okay. So I'm so premise excited. The, premise of the movie is um Benward plays uh Buddy. Um, who begins the film in, I'm sorry, the film starts with someone breaking into a house and then Nicolas Cage shooting that person as they're fleeing from the house and they fall through a fence and break the fence. That's how it starts. So then it cuts to Buddy, uh, Luke Benward, who's in custody and who's being grilled by Kelsey Grammer doing the most gravelly gin-soaked southern gentleman accent you've ever heard in your life it's like it's it's almost sublime it's so like campy and perfect it's hard to explain like kelsey Grammer is by far the highlight of this movie in terms of just lunacy that happens throughout anyway so it feels like without having knowing anything about this movie yet that kelsey Grammer is keen enough that he would recognize this for what it was and and yeah nail it in terms of being campy <clears throat> yes yes and he plays an idiot so you know he's got a stretch because he's not you know not playing his usual like super super smart you know educated refined man to the point where at one point he tells buddy who's in being interrogated for the a murder that no one can necessarily prove that he anyway. He's been interrogated for murder, and Kelsey Grammer says, "Rats, you ain't got no rats here, boy. What you think this is, New York City? We ain't got no fancy laws down here in Grand Isle. We just go by what's right. So you know, that's the level of uh, 
something that this movie achieves. It, it definitely asks you to suspend a whole lot of your disbelief. Oh, a lot of our law so, system works now, so it's about, it's about right. So Kelsey Grammer wants Buddy to walk him back through the night that just happened leading up to his arrest for murder. So what you find out is that Buddy is a um, uh, recently separated Navy um, naval officer um, who's come back home to Grand Isle where he lives, uh, married his high school sweetheart and knocked her up, um, but can't find work. Um, Because this is the mid-80s, I guess. Early 80s, I think, is when it supposedly takes place. Um, So he gets asked to um, go fix this fence, right? The fence that you just saw get broken. Okay. So he goes to the house of uh, Walter, played by Nicolas Cage. Walter's uh, ex-Marine, um, really gruff, smokes cigars, drinks whiskey, is an asshole. Um, basically tells this kid that he'll pay him $250 if he can fix the fence in one day um, before this hurricane comes. Now, why he needs the fence fixed in a day before the hurricane, there's no reason for it, really. They could have just waited, you know, but he insists. So Buddy, being desperate for money, agrees to. Um, Nicholas Cage's wife comes out and flirts with Buddy and basically like hits on him. And then, uh, then he hits his thumb while he's trying to nail a board. So he goes inside and she puts a Band-Aid on it and basically says like, you know, I know your wife's not treating you right like you whatever should be with an older woman yeah that's the way it goes yeah yeah it's real bad so then nicholas cage is like what's what's going on in here you know and then anyway so long story short he can't fix the fence before the hurricane comes and then his car won't start his truck won't start so he has to go back inside um to walter and fancy that's katie strickland's name is fancy he has to go back inside their house to spend the night because he can't um can't get home even though he only uh, anyway he can't get home so the rain's too bad so what then transpires is she makes dinner and she makes a meatloaf and she's of course like rubbing his crotch underneath the table with her stocking feet Mm -hmm. um and nicholas cage is getting all like aggressive and weird and he at one point says um so your, your 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 wife's not treating you well, huh? And Buddy's like, oh no, you know I love her. She's treating me all right. And he's like, I don't get that impression. Um, when is the last time that you had your uh, cock suck? <laughs> and Buddy's like, oh, uh, that's that that that's a pretty pretty personal question. He's like, let me ask you again. When is the last time you uh, uh got your cock suck? Put the bunny back in the box. <clears throat> right. Mm. So I can I can Nicholas, hear the I can hear the delivery. Yep. <clears throat> Nicholas Cage the drunk. You find oh I'm sorry. So there's a scene earlier while Buddy's outside trying to fix the fence where Nicholas Cage is talking to his wife and she's like, "You never satisfy me like a husband's supposed to. You know, you're not a man anymore. All you are is drunk." And he gets up and he's like. You push me a little bit, and I'll take. It. You push me too far, 
and you ain't gonna like what happened, woman. And then she's like, you won't hit me, you know, you're a coward. And then, of course, he doesn't. Um, so you find out that there's, like, some kind of, like, sexual frustration there, too. So they also introduced this MacGuffin where there's a locked door in the house. A door that's got, like, several padlocks and, like, um, what are they called? Uh, like, deadbolts and shit on it. Um, the sliding locks. Like, like, like six locks, let me say. Right. And Buddy's like, well, what's down there? And they're like, oh, you don't want to go down there. Mm-hmm. So Buddy goes upstairs and sees the wife, sees Fancy taking a bath. And then, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. So Nicholas Cage takes Buddy upstairs and he's like, let's drink together. And then he says, um, they were both in the military and they're talking about being in the military. So Nicholas Cage, Walter drops a satchel with $20,000 in everybody's feet. And he's like, I want to give you this money. And buddy's like, Oh, what for? And he's like, I want you to kill my wife. She's got terminal blood cancer and she's going to die. And I'd rather have her go out quickly with this cyanide than suffer. Sounds like a legit story. Right. And so buddy's like, Okay, I'll do it. So then Buddy goes upstairs to poison the wife. Why? Well, hold on a second. What's the motivation here? Why would Buddy do this? Like he's poor and he can't afford to take care of his wife and child. So Okay. So um, this is when he sees her in the bath. Yeah, so he goes up and sees her in the bath. Um and she's fuck, how does the thing go? She's like, I can tell you got sadness inside you. And she's talking about how like like her parents used to beat her I, like this really like awful shit mm-hmm. and he's like oh yeah i feel the same way my dad died when i was young my mother never loved me enough or something it's ridiculous so they have sex of course oh okay. um, so then after they have sex they hold get up. up why why do they have sex i don't know because I mean, is there, is there, it, it doesn't sound to me like this guy's worried about taking care of his wife and kid, right? No, he is. He is. But then his, oh, I forgot about that part too. So, <laughs> so early plot point is that Buddy wants to take his wife away for a couple of days so they can have some alone time. Right. So he can get his cock sucked. Right. Yeah. I got you. Right, mm-hmm. The kid was born and she's like, well, you know, Buddy, since I, since I had the baby, I just don't feel sexy no more, and I just can't have no sex. So then Buddy's all frustrated. So this is, like, leading to, like, why he's going to... How does that prevent fellatio? Okay, go on. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, that comes into it with Nicolas Cage. You're you're, you're, you're mixing up the plot. <laughs> well, so, it's because this is Grand Isle is told by William Faulkner right now. <laughs> right. So, so Buddy and Fancy have sex, even though there's no real provocation for it, except for the fact... Well, I mean, she's naked in the bath, and She's like, you're such a handsome man. Your wife doesn't treat you right, blah, blah, blah. So they, they have sex. Okay. So then after they have sex, they're getting dressed. And when he's putting on his pants, the cyanide just like flops out and lands on the floor. And she's like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, you know, let me ask you this question. Do you got any kind of terminal blood cancer? And she's like, uh, no. And he's like, shit. Well. Your husband wanted me to kill you, but now I'm not gonna. So then him and Nicolas Cage get in a fight. 
because Nicolas Cage is like, why didn't you kill her? And then she reveals that she knew that he was trying to kill her. And they get in this fight, and Buddy beats the shit out of Nicolas Cage and then ties him to a banister. So then Fancy is like, you ain't no man, Walter. Me and Buddy are going to steal your car and leave. He's going to take me out of here and give me a better life. Now, mind you, he's still got a wife and child to go home to, but that, besides the point. So she's like, I'm going to bend over and let him take me right here in front of you. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna look you in the eyes while he's making me come, and it's really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And my no nudity in this movie, so it's all just really uncomfortable work. So, Buddy's like, um, "You're all fucking crazy. I'm just gonna take these keys and my two hundred and fifty dollars and leave." Mm-hmm. So then, as he's getting ready to leave, and has every motivation to just get in this car and like drive away, he's like, "But wait a minute, what's down in the locked basement?" And they're like, oh, you don't want to go in that locked basement? And then Nicholas Cage is like, maybe you should go in that locked basement. Maybe he needs to see all your dirty little secrets. Fancy. Oh, shit. The locked door is not him. It's her. Okay. So he goes to unlock the basement door, and then it does quick cut to Fancy hitting him in the face with something. So then he's unconscious. Right. So then he wakes up in the attic. I think it's an attic. Maybe it's a closet. He wakes up somewhere. And the kid that got shot in the beginning of the movie, running away from Nicolas Cage, is, like, tied up with syringes and stuff coming out of him because he's doped up or something. Okay. And, like, moaning and stuff. So then Billy needs to escape. So then there's this whole thing with um, Nicolas Cage and her chasing him and then Nicolas Cage and him getting a fight. And they both try and shoot him, but then he beats up Nicolas Cage again. And also, he climbs up in the attic, and a stained glass window shatters, and a huge piece of glass embeds itself in Nicolas Cage's back. And then Buddy pushes Nicolas Cage out of the attic, and he falls and lands on his back. I thought he was dead, but he's not. Mm. So, oh, you also find out over the course of this movie that Nicolas Cage went to Vietnam when he was 17, but got shrapnel in his knee from friendly fire right before his first mission, so he got sent home. And they wouldn't let him come back. So he's never actually seen any combat action because he got discharged. But then three months later, his Marine patrol got killed on a mission, and he feels like he should have been there and died with them. So he's felt his whole life like he's living on borrowed time, and that he should just be dead. So that's 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 backstory. That, that comes hold on, hold on. How, how old is Cage trying to play in the, is Vietnam? Yeah, well, it's only like 1980. The movie's taking place in 1980? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Nicolas Cage has been, like, out of Vietnam for, like, I don't know. Like, okay, okay. Like, something like that. That's maybe. fine, that's fine. I thought it was set in... Set in okay. No, 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 no. It, it's very confusing. I thought it was set in modern times until... I don't know. At, at some point, like, okay. you're like, well, how, what, what, what fucking year could this be? And then you kind of just make it up. So I think it's like... Gotcha. Because I was going to say, I know that Cage was born in 64 from doing this for so long now, like, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, eh. okay. Yeah, he's like 40-some years old. Okay. So... You know what? You know what the best part of this and the most disturbing part of this is. Like, I looked up Luke Benward, um, and I just had it opened on that wiki tab um, the entire time. And the 
wiki tab uh, or the wiki article has uh, a picture of him from 2010 when he was like 14 years old so i'm just imagining this 14 year old in this movie that's so so anyway so fancy and walter knock buddy out and then buddy wakes up unconscious in his truck with the dead boy next to him and then kelsey Grammer doesn't believe this story but there's been a woman on the other side of the glass of like the um, interrogation room that's been taking notes and she calls Kelsey Grammer because Kelsey Grammer's like, you're going to the electric chair. This is when he's like, you ain't got no rights. This ain't no fancy rights place like New York City. So the woman's like, don't you? Because, OK, so when he found the, the, the kid like all doped up, there was a piece of fabric in the kid's hand that had like this Japanese writing on it or something. So Buddy mentions this during the interrogation. So this woman cop who's on the other side of the interrogation is like, chief, don't you remember that girl that went missing several months ago? And the only picture they had of her, she was wearing a dress with Japanese print. And so they have a picture of this girl who's wearing the dress that she apparently disappeared in. And they show it to him. And it's like, is this the writing you saw? And he's like, yeah, that's it. And they're like, God damn it, he was right. So then they go and get a search warrant and go back to the house and search the house. So then the cops are like at the at their place, like fancy and fucking Walter. Um oh no, okay, so I forgot this part too. So somehow they somehow it comes out that Buddy fucked fancy. And so the cops call Buddy's wife and they're like, yo, we got your husband locked up here for murder, plus he fucks some old woman. Mm. And so she comes down and breaks up with him and says she's going to her sister's with the kid and don't ever call him again. Mm -hmm. Um, So then they go to Walter and Fancy's house and they open the locked door because they have the search warrant. And like Cops go downstairs and they show him like walking around in this like subterranean. It's like these metal steps like leading down to this like dirty basement, and you get these flashes of like baby dolls and stuff. But then, like, <laughs> shit, how does this go? So they leave one cop upstairs to guard Walter. Wait, am I getting this wrong? This is terrible. It's, so they it's, go. Oh, it's I, all I, very I, convoluted. Yeah, I'm sorry. So they go, and they find people in the basement, but they don't show you the people. They just say there's people. Okay. And Fancy goes crazy, so they lock her up. But then Walter beats the shit out of the cops and escapes in his Mustang very slowly, mind you, because it's like the escape goes on for like. 20 30 seconds as they're shooting at him in a residential neighborhood from the porch but he gets away mm-hmm. so then they release buddy because they found these hostages in the basement that they never show you um and buddy goes and tries to make amends with his wife but she's heartbroken so she leaves him so then it cuts to the future where buddy's having breakfast in a diner and is getting hit on by the waitress there. 
And then Walter shows up outside, who's now all because okay, so Nicholas Cage's movie's got like long hair and a five o'clock shadow and all like bags under his eyes, but now he's all cleaned up wearing his Marines uniform for some mm-hmm. reason, even though he never really like he got discharged and he's also twenty years older or whatever. Right. Or much older. And he's got Buddy's wife at gunpoint and he makes Buddy come out. And so then he takes Buddy hostage and the cops show up. So it's Kelsey Grammer and this woman and like some other cops. And the Kelsey Grammer's just like, Walter, let him go, Walter. We'll go have a beer and talk things out. We don't know what you're doing. Like this dude who's been an accomplice, at least an accessory Mm -hmm. to kidnapping teenage girls and boys and holding them right and i guess they imply that what they were trying to do was okay so they reveal at one point the fancy can have kids that's like during the bathtub scene before before they screw uh-huh. um so it, it's implied that they were breeding these teenagers together to create children that's really disturbing well it, it would be if they ever even like really like did anything with it it's just all implied mm. so Walter basically like goes out in the blaze of glory because he always wanted to die. And he says that he's dying as a sacrifice to the government against the government for its poor treatment of soldiers. And buddy gets shot in the crossfire. It's a weird turn in this movie. Okay. Right. It's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. It's a weird philosophical turn. Like buddy gets shot and is recovering in the hospital. And you see him and his wife, um, we're like reconciling and he gets to hold the baby and they're like, Oh, we're going to make things work. So then it just goes into the house. Like it goes down the stairs and into the basement and it shows the scene of like, just like children's things all over the floor with like the little, um, what do you call them? Like the police markers that say like one, two, three, like the evidence. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it shows this pictures of all these missing kids in the neighborhood, so you get the impression that they were holding all these hostages in their basement. Right. And then that's the fucking end. Grand Isle. But let me tell you something about let this me, movie. Let me say this real quick. It's, it, it would actually be a much more interesting... They're, the idea is horrifying that they're like taking these kids and breeding them. It's like, wouldn't it be more interesting to just focus on that aspect of it as opposed to all this shit with Buddy and his wife and the affair and all that kind of stuff? I mean... Yes. Because then you actually have a horror movie to some degree. Right. As opposed to whatever, I don't know what this movie is. So instead they waste all this time trying to build this, like, Fuck, I had the perfect analogy for it when I was watching it. Like, what this movie wants to be. I don't know. It's Anyway, it, 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 yeah. it, but it's like, there's not even a reason to have the plot line of them kidnapping the children. Or like, holding hostages in their house without paying it off, and they never pay it off. It's like, the movie really should have been twice as long, and... Buddy should have been held prisoner there for like days. <clears throat> I mean, it feels like a what the hell is the name of that movie? Um, 
it sounds like a like a noir plot like double indemnity mixed with um people under the stairs but like these weird kind of somewhat philosophical concepts like like a shutter island or something i don't know it's I don't really, know. it's really it sounds well, really, it's a bizarre fucking movie it doesn't it make definitely any sense. feels like people under the stairs at points but only because there are people under the stairs so maybe that's like just an easy right an easy out and then it it well, it's a similar plot like part too. I mean, parts of it reminded me of like Wild at Heart a little bit, and some of it was very. Uh, I don't it sounds know, a little bit Red Rock West too. Yeah, a little bit. But that uh, that's I mean, again. I think that's what I'm saying with Double Indemnity is like like that kind of plot. Like, so the thing is, is that it is one of the most poorly written and scripted and plotted movies ever, and yet. It's almost like insanely entertaining because it's so bad and because he's so invested. Like Cage is Cage is at his like best just unhinged, ridiculous I don't know. Like you remember that movie where he was um did you watch that movie at the same time I did where he's the trucker who like yeah his wife and daughter died and then the daughter of the new woman that he's shacking up with is like the reincarnation of his wife and what was that yeah. movie called um uh, between worlds other between worlds right yeah. so it's it's the same performance almost i mean it's like completely batshit insane mm-hmm. eyes popping weird inflections right. weird movements. trying to be like a lynch movie almost yeah yeah, jerky ass like shoulders and stuff like Ooh, you know, like the cage. Um I don't know. And then it's revealed like it's revealed at one point in the movie that Cage requested Buddy on purpose because something had happened on uh, so when when Buddy was was deployed, he was on a destroyer that got attacked by Fuck, they say the Iraqis, but man, it, it's not, not taking place in the 90s. Anyway, it got shot with missiles. Iranian, maybe, they say. And it caused the destroyer to catch on fire. And Buddy has been lauded as a hero because he tried to rescue his friend who was on fire, but failed. But then you find out that Buddy just let his friend die because he was really scared. And so Nicolas Cage is like, that's what I thought I'd find out. I knew you weren't nothing but uh, something silent. <sighs> See, it's so hard to, like, where I could bit by bit go through seeking justice to you and explain, like, everything, because as terrible as that movie was, like, it was a very clear through line, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's only been 24 hours since I watched this movie, and it's so fractured in my head of, like, what occurred watching this movie that I can't even, like, I'm remembering whole entire plot points that are just, like, vaguely discussed, and you're supposed to, like, use your imagination, I guess, to connect the dots or something, but, yeah, it's, um, Kelsey Grammer and Nick Cage are fucking fantastic to watch in this movie for just how bad their performances are, but how, like, invested they are in the badness of those performances. Mm-hmm. But man, it is a hard movie to watch and just not very good. And it was like, it won some fucking 
the Spotlight Award at the Lone Star Film Festival and a special mention at the Noir Film Festival. Now, yeah. the Lone Star Film Festival doesn't even have a link on Wikipedia, so I don't even believe that thing exists. Right. And and then, then the, this Noir Film Festival is like, um, it's not that big. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I looked at it. It's not that big. No. Anyway, so that's Grand Isle. All right. So, what's the scores on this? Oh man, um, it's a it's a solid eight cage performance. Like he's um, he's all in on this motherfucker. You know, yeah. hair all over the place, eyes popping out, fingers moving around, <laughs> doing his weird. Eye. You have not lived until you've heard Nick Cage go, uh. Oh, when is the last uh time uh you had your uh suck? Oh. It's yeah. While he's drinking yeah. a mint julep. Um right. Kelsey Grammer is pretty phenomenally bad in it, but like really like there were times where I was like, Oh my god, this performance is superb, but like the cop the fact that it's like <laughs> the kid's like, Yeah, that's that's the fabric I saw, and they're like, oh, we're getting a search warrant. Let's go. And then they get it, and then they go into the house. Off nothing. Yeah. But you know what, Chief? Maybe this has to do with those missing girls. Hmm. They also have no... I mean, I guess aside from the fact there was a dead body in the truck, they really have no physical evidence that he killed that kid either. I mean, the kid was shot. Like, yeah, whatever. Uh, the movie's like a 1 out of 10, maybe. That's the lowest. Um, only because it, it makes you laugh. I mean, because it's it's really bad. Frankie was horrified. I think watching it the whole time. Uh, yeah, the purple prose in this movie too. It's like I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, at least we got another movie out of 2019. Did we do? I was looking at that. Did did we do a score to settle? I can't remember if we've done that or not. I don't think so. No, that's I, the one. That I, I, I don't recognize about. it. Yeah, it's it's the one I don't want to talk about ever. Mm. Mm. If 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 Grand Isle is a one out of ten, a score to settle might have some competition for it. Mm. But the shame of it is, it's been so long since I've watched this score. You're going to watch it again. I think I have to watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> this is why I just do them the way I do them now, and so I watch them on Mondays or Tuesdays. Right. So they're there, and then I can expunge them for myself, and it's like they just sort of flit around in my in innards forever, but then I'll have to, like, right. they're not, like, stuck in my craw. Whereas with a score to settle, it's just floating around in my brain because we never talked about it. I never got it out. Yeah, I mean, I joke a lot, and you kind of, like, hint at things sometimes, but it's like, there is pain involved in this process i'm sure for you only because and look it's not like pain like you know tragedy or anything like because you're doing this to yourself but um but there but there's a certain amount of pain um associated with all this because you you do have to carry these movies with you the thing is is like sometimes i really enjoy it like even with bad movies like sometimes it's sure. just fun but like 
it's like schoolwork or something or like like my job like i i can't i gotta finish watching it. i can't just stop i can't right. like oh my god this movie's terrible move on to something else like i have to see it through mm-hmm. right and the shame of it is is that sometimes he's so good that like when you see these terrible movies and it's just like why are you not this is 2019 like he's making decent movies around this time and he still makes this and terrible piece of shit. Just make some better decisions, Nick Cage. Was it you that told me that um, the unbearable weight of massive talent is now like shelved? Apparently, no, I haven't heard that. So it, it supposedly had a release date of soon, and now it's like it hasn't. It hasn't been announced. Apparently, um, yeah, so it was supposed to be released, you know, in March, and then it's been delayed, and there's no new release date, but I haven't heard that it's shelved, necessarily. Um, I mean, I'm assuming they want it to play in theaters, right? Do they? No, they do. Like, look, I mean, I don't, I don't think you pay maybe enough attention to some of that stuff, like... Cage is really getting a lot of press recently. Um, like in terms of like King of the Bee movies, like you know, like it's it's a comeback that's not a comeback, or like, you know, it's like he's he gets a lot of press, like um, they're like because people are now we've been doing this for what over over a year now, like it's like now suddenly like you know um. And look, I'm not in no way suggesting we're responsible for this because we're not. Um, but I'm just saying people are just now like starting to like realize this like during COVID um, that the cage has this like second half of his career. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that they want to capitalize on that. And I think there's some executive that has charts um, and points to some charts and um, or I guess shares charts right now, probably. Um uh, on on Zoom or something or Teams and it's like, hey, like, you know, like look at this popularity, like, you know, look at like all of these, you know, hashtags, look at all this. It's like uh I, I think there's a argument to be made that we release this in the theaters. Um as opposed to like, you know, streaming. So yeah. Well I will pay to see this in a theater. You will? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. I'll pay to see any. I, I, I couldn't tell what you said. I, I, I was wrong. Yeah. It's been a long life. <laughs> right. Um, right. I, it, I, would, I would pay money to see any Nicolas Cage movie theatrically. You would pay money to see any movie in a theater right now. Maybe not any movie, but most of them, yeah. yeah. yeah there, there's not much I would turn my nose up at if I could just go sit in a reclining chair and be whisked away to some alternate reality for a little bit. Right. Couldn't get any popcorn or anything, but, you know, sneaking some gummy bears or some shit. Right. Um, well, you know, maybe I'm like, so I have a, I, I, I have, months. I, I did something today that is pretty exciting. Um, yeah. I found Kiss of Death on DVD on eBay. 
mm. for seven dollars with free shipping. Mm-hmm. So I bought that shit. So nice. we're gonna get to death soon. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I can probably find it to like download somewhere because I really wanted to watch that again. Um, because uh, friend of the podcast Mike Bledsoe and I like used to fucking we saw in the theater um and then i taped it illegally off of a pay-per-view box and we used to watch it like just occasionally in the first few years after it came out just because it was fucking terrible um but it was a fun terrible and we laughed um you know we used to laugh at it a lot uh because there's just ridiculous shit in it um not a good movie though fucking david crusoe so once we do a score to settle, we'll be done with 2019. Yes. Yep. That's why I, I was wondering if we did that. I don't think we need to talk about that Love Antosha. Well, he just narr right. He just narrates documentary, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't count like documentaries as part of his filmography. It's a different thing. Aside from two eleven, did we do the Spider-Man movie yet? Into the Spider Verse. No, gonna it's have, gonna it's gonna, gonna be part of your like you know, uh, animated yeah roundup. Uh, that's what we decided. Um, so once I got to do two eleven, so then I'll be done two thousand eighteen. Yeah, we should really figure this out and exactly how many because there there's still a couple of things you can do probably combine other movies right because he's like has minor roles in them. Yeah, because like two thousand seventeen, we're done. Yeah, yeah, we're done a lot of yeah. So I think it's like sixteen or something. We figured out there's still a movie left to go, but it's like the Cotton Club. He doesn't have a major role in, right? Um, so that could probably be paired with something. Um, Do we do Vengeance, a love story yet? Yes, I believe so. What happens in that? A police? No, we haven't done this one yet. A policeman investigating a single mother's rape soon takes matters into his own hands. After the attackers were acquitted in court. Did we do Inconceivable? Oh, yeah. You ask me that every single time. No, it's a different movie that I ask you that every single time. Did we do... We did Arsenal, because I remember um, uh, Adrian Grenier. Um, No, so this was the movie that we figured out... No, no. This is one of the... Yeah, we did figure this out last week. That um, Right. What's the other one that you always ask me if we've done? And then I have to tell you what that movie's about. It's like every single time. You've asked me about Inconceivable before, and I'm like, it's the one where the crazy. Well, it's it's, woman it's one that you haven't done. Um, I have done it. You always think I haven't done it, and I've done it. <laughs> You're always trying to make me watch this goddamn movie again. Rage? You're making me. <laughs> no, we've done Rage, though. Rage is really boring. Yeah, we figured out, I don't know, whatever, man. We figured out, like, last week that you've done, like, basically. You haven't done The Sorcerer's Apprentice. You do The Sorcerer's Apprentice, we have. 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015. It's uh, trespass. Trespass is the one that you're that's really what happens there. We just talk about Joel Schumacher for fucking right. Where I gotta be like, he's, 
he's the diamond dealer that's not actually a diamond dealer. He's a fraud. And right. Like, and his right, wife, right, right, right. wife's yeah. getting kidnapped in his fucking movies is a theme. You know? Uh, women, women get the shit beat out of them and, like, abused uh-huh. and raped. And... Right. Yeah, it's disturbing. Um, but do you have... Have you done... 211 or 211. No, I don't know what that is. Okay. So, I mean, because I think you're close on that year, too, right? Because we've done Looking Glass, right? Yes. Oh, Looking Glass, so bad. So, once you do 211 and then your cartoon thing, we're done 2018 as well. You really don't... I think you're down to, like, roughly, like, 20 episodes. That's probably true. Um... There's a bunch of stuff in the 80s, though, that we haven't done. Yeah, but some of those... No. It's a lot. Do you, do you have that, like, next to you? Okay. It's not happening now. Um, sometimes when you lower the phone, I get my own voice yeah, in my yeah, head. Yeah. Sounding really annoying, and I hate my own voice, so... Um, yeah, I still got to do Racing with the Moon, The Cotton Club, Birdie. 84 is... Yeah, and, like, cool. never on Tuesday, he has, like, one little... A couple scenes in it or something, I think. Like, yeah, I'm not going to count that. If if his role is man in red sports car, that movie can go fucking film. <laughs> um, Time to Kill. You got to do that one. I don't know what that is. Um, And then... I think it's an Italian movie, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um... Firebird, you still got to do. Yeah, you got a bunch of stuff from the '90s more than anything, like early '90s. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, Guardian Test is on Stars right now, right? Mm-hmm. I'll have to watch that. Yeah, get that shit out of the way. <sighs> I think I think I got like 30 episodes left. Yeah, I mean, Guardian Test was nominated for Golden Globe. Um, oh. Hmm. <laughs> Fucking crash one and Oscar. It's my ass. It is Shirley McLean. I like Shirley McLean. I like um, Shirley McLean a lot too, but I watched so here's a dirty quick cage secret. I watch the trailers for these fucking movies sometimes just to try and convince myself of what I'm capable of. Like what can I what can I endure this week? And I just go through and like I'll pick movies and be like, okay, like let me watch the trailer for that. And I watched the trailer for Guarding Tests, and man, that movie's gonna like annoy the shit out of me. So fucking funny, and <laughs> Nick Cage is pooping, and he's got to talk to the president while he's pooping because he messed up with the ex vice. What is she? The ex first lady or something? Ex first lady, yeah. Or the former first lady. She should not ever become an ex first lady. I guess, are you an ex-first lady if you get divorced from your husband? I think he would have to be in office. It would have to happen while he was in office. Right. And then he would have to get remarried. Right, so like Hillary would have divorced Bill during the president. She would be the ex-first lady. Yes, but if your marriage survives till the end of the presidency, you're always just... The former first lady. Right, right. Because you always had that title. Right. Sure. You don't even know what happened with Biden here, so. No, you're not. Um, yeah, last pre- last last person in office was our, our last hope of that for a while, probably. <laughs> what a shame. 
and you have to set that precedent. Okay, yeah. so well, I mean, we're 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 getting close. Um, it's like maybe maybe that's what will happen here. Is like um, what 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 if like is it is it serendipity if like they announce this is not going to happen because we're 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 fucked for a long time still like um to the idea of normal but um what if the last quick cage was when they announced herd immunity not going to happen because that's unrealistic but what if what if that happened would that would that like give some kind of i mean the quick cage has gotten us through covid at this point (laughs) We only did like what, like, like eight or nine episodes before. Yeah, I looked it up that one time, and that yeah, it's not many, man. It's not many. Were we even doing them every week? Yeah, it was we, just like we, a once in a while. No, we were. Remember, we were before COVID. We were recording them um, and just releasing them later. But we were recording them after the um, it's a regular uh, podcast. regular podcast on Sunday nights. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, and then we just started moving to middle of the week. Um, Probably in part because um, I don't know why we started doing that. Was, well, it, I don't be- know. was it because I started drinking during the podcast? <laughs> and by the end, it was just like <laughs> sometimes, like especially for the quick page, I'm just unintelligible. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that we were we do the podcast on Sunday night, and I got to work Monday morning, so it's like yeah. When I started working Monday mornings, it was like, well... That's really what it was. You weren't work. right. You weren't working. Yep. That's exactly what happened. Yep. Yeah. Because I had off on Mondays for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't have any clips. I, I got some clips I want to use at some point, but um, they're spare. I don't want to do that every week, and they're sparing. Um, we but, don't need uh, another hour and a half long quick cage. Right. Yeah, it was only an hour. It was like an hour, five minutes, or something like that. Um, but the last two are one long, so I think we'll just keep this one to um, the new definition of quick, which is like thirty-five minutes. Um, yeah. So, all right. Well, um, I look forward to, or maybe not, um, whatever comes next week. Um, so, just in case anyone hears this and wants to watch it, this movie's on Hulu right now. Right, Nomadland is on Hulu as well. You need to watch that because that movie's fucking fantastic. You know, I I have this. That's the last thing I'll say here. What what is that movie where they they use like the, what's his name? He uses like down in the south somewhere, like you know and. Uh, he uses like real uh, real people as actors in it. I know there's a number of directors that do this, but what's that famous one from like the early 2000s? Hmm. Like non-actors. God damn Gummo? Gummo, yes. Yes. I don't know how I got that from what you said, but... Yeah, I was going to say the kid in the bathtub and you would have gotten it. Oh, I would have gotten it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are some actual actors in that movie. Oh, I know there are. I, well, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's where I'm going with this. Is that like, I get the, I get it, I do, and I liked Gummo. As much as you can like that movie, I think you know. Like, I mean, it's it's. There's a lot of emotions that go along. I think with that movie, but um, but as a whole, like as a concept, it's just not something I'm into, man. Like. I'm just not like at all. 
doesn't interest me. It's too close to like halfway to a fucking documentary to me. You know how I feel about a lot of those. Like, there's really great I documentaries. You, that it's it's not that. Okay, you you got you got the wrong you got the wrong idea. It's a really good movie. Okay. I have pretty good taste in movies. If I tell you a movie's good, then I'm usually right. This movie's good. It's a good movie. It's probably not your cup of tea necessarily, but you shouldn't dismiss it out of hand just because. And that shit with the real actors, that's like so, that's like the first part of the movie. It's really a, it's. It's a showcase for how good of an actress Frances McDormand is. I already know how good of an actress she is. This is about Schmidt only with a woman. That's what this is. That's crazy. It's not even worth it. That's that's fucking blasphemous. About Schmidt. All about your Schmidt. I just just want movies with like so tired of old people. You're an old person. I'm middle aged now, Frank. We're both middle aged. I don't know about that. We only feel old mentally. Okay, we're still technically middle aged. Like, look, I feel dead mentally. <laughs> Kiss my ass. I'm a fucking zombie. Like, yes, we feel like you know, like fucking, you know, like we're in old age, but like technically we're not. Now we could be, because who knows how long either of us have? But um, six years, <laughs> five years. You should you should have went the Bowie quote. Um. <clears throat> all right. Yeah, I guess right. I'll fucking watch. I just don't want to. I mean, I again, told but... you I might replace it, so you might not. Have oh, to... is that the one that's going to be replaced? I think so. Oh, huh. Oh, so this is. Oh, so you're already giving it away if it makes the list. It's number five. Hmm. No, not necessarily, but I think that I would probably replace it. Hmm. Just for thematic reasons, I think that everything else fits together better aside from that. Oh, that's like the look at look at you life. crafting the theme, well, you know, crafting the theme on the fresh five. Um, can I subtitle it if you create the theme, like fresh five, whatever the theme is? Right, sure. Okay, all right. Sounds the good. Woman that di- the woman that directed Nomad. You know what? You should just watch that fucking movie. Just watch it, whether it's on the whether it's on the podcast or not. Okay. And if we never talk about Nomad Land on a podcast. Everyone should go watch Nomad Land if you have Hulu because it's fucking fantastic. Right. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good week. Good night. You're so quick.